views and opinions expressed by the following show and its guests do not necessarily reflect those of the V3 TV network or its affiliates. Viewer discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Von Joseph Show. Thanks for listening. It is Von Joseph, and today it's Authors of Amazon Time. I love this segment of our show when we get these people that just create these amazing pieces of literature for us. So today I've got with me Miss Sarah Lunsford all the way from the United States of America. As you know, we are in London, England. So Miss um, Lunsford, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for taking the time away from your your keyboard to uh, to chat with us for a moment. So, yeah, lovely fall day. How's uh, things back in the, the good old U.S. of A. weather-wise for you? I know you've been on the road for a while. You were over here in Europe, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I was having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I went everywhere. And it cooled off in Europe just as I got to come home to the weather cooling off. So I'm pretty happy. Nice, nice. Perfect. Where all did you hit up while you were over here? I see. I started in Munich, and um, I met up with a friend who lives in Germany. So we went from Munich to Vienna, Vienna to Budapest, Budapest to Zagreb, Zagreb to Venice, and then Venice to Florence, a day trip to Pisa, then to Rome, then to Budapest again because the baths were so lovely, and it was much cheaper to fly there than it was back to Nuremberg. (laughs) Um, Then we went to Prague, and then um, I ended my trip back in Munich. Wow. That sounds very active. <laughs> You've seen a lot. Did you, is this your first time over in Europe or? Yes, it was my first time really going anywhere. And let me tell you what, backpacking as someone who is over 40, it was a really interesting experience, but one I definitely want to have again. It was amazing. Oh, wow. Nice. So was it, um, was it just, you know, physically uh, challenging or was it just because you were like out in the elements more or you know I've been on this big health kick so you know it wasn't really physically challenging except for the part where the bunk bed in the hostel in Florence almost ended my life <laughs> <laughs> but, more on that later <laughs> yes <laughs> like I was like this is it this is how I go but that's okay no it was I met so many amazing people but they were all so young and so accomplished you know, these kids were like, oh, I'm getting my second degree in, like, you know, quantum engineering. And I'm like, oh, nice. How old are you? I'm 22. Like, oh, okay. You're the same. You're close to the same age as one of my children, but that's great. All right. Hmm. And, you know, having these, and I will admit, it was really nice for my ego to have some of these younger guys hitting on me. You know, they would be like, oh, hey, can I get your number? Like, I've got your number, sweet P. It's 12 because that's how old you are. <laughs> but it was nice. And I didn't think I had anything in common with them, really. It was like, what do I have in common with these people? Mm. But then you learn it's travel or culture. And what you have in common is that you're experiencing the world and you're meeting people and you go places with them and you see things through their eyes and they see things through your eyes and it's an amazing experience and it makes you a better world citizen i think i agree i agree that's that sounds uh sounds like you had a good time where did you meet up with these people to that you were traveling were you all going to around together or was it just you and your one friend 
the people well, it was me and my one friend for sure. But, you know, you pick up people in hostels. You're just sitting there, like, having your dinner, and you see somebody sitting by their, by themselves, and you're like, hey, come here. You're going to go to the museum with me tomorrow. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. So is that <laughs> how it works? I... Drive, you know? <laughs> I'm not familiar with it, so I, I wasn't really sure. It seems like uh, these – I know I have friends that do a lot of um, – backpacking or hiking or whatever and they meet people along yeah, the way sort of yeah pick up a tribe as you go and it doesn't matter where you're from or what you look like or anything else it's just you're part of this same subculture of travelers and so that gives you everything in common that you need to know <laughs> mm -hmm. what is the funniest name that you've actually heard used in the real world a friend of mine in high school his middle name was buford and I thought that was just a joke. I didn't think anyone would actually look at their sweet baby and be like, hey, you're Buford. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Buford. I don't think I know a Buford. I know a Beulah. Beulah. It's the same thing. It's that was like my the, grandmother's name. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the female uh, female version. But, yeah, that's old school, though. You know, if you're thinking back in right. the 1930s or 40s or whatever. Those kind of names were common, so no, that's pretty cool. Someone, someone, um, someone asked me that the other day, and I didn't have a good answer for him. I thought somebody that was a bit more creative, someone like a writer, like Sarah Lunsford, author of Tooth and Nail. <laughs> Tell us about your new book. Speak on it, girl. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just gonna read the blurb because that's the best way to explain this book. Otherwise, I will just be like, and then this happened, and then, and then, and then, and you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, and you will just wish for me to shut up. So, we will start with the blurb. Okay. Let me get my speaking voice on. Okay. <laughs> the vigilante was my case. He killed killers, rapists, drug dealing scum, all the ugly crumbs that fell through the cracks of willfully blind justice. I spent five years hunting him until I realized I didn't really want to catch him. So I walked away from the case, from my failure, from my big city life in Detroit to start over with my husband and mayor in Kansas. My devils came with me. Bodies matching his M.O. were found in a cold storage unit wrapped up in the cop tribute. Each victim was some tie to me. He won't let me go, won't let me run. There's a part of me that doesn't want him to. It's the same part that wonders if his way might be the only way, at least as far as my husband is concerned. I found Jacob's Altoid's tin in our fire pit. It was full of human teeth, trophies from the women he raped. He's a special investigator for the KBI, assigned to the task force that's supposed to be hunting this master predator. He'll never be caught unless someone takes matters into their own hands. When he's sleeping soundly, so trusting next to me in the dark, I tell myself I'm a good cop. I'm no vigilante, but I've been wrong before. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. You have like a voice that's like um you should do voiceovers. You should do audible books. Um your voice is like the 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 something that I would hear kind of creepy at the end of like a tool CD or something like CD. God, I'm old. Did I just say CD? Oh, why that <laughs> Thank you. Not not in a bad nice way. No, I'm I'm being serious. Like something like mysterious, no, like you know, like and it, it, you would hear like the 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 record player needle static going over your voice, and it just sounds like a flickering. You know, I could. That's what I was seeing while you were talking. So you're like giving me images in my head, and that's that's a sign of well, a good that's writer. A lovely thing to say to a horror and 
thriller author. I mean, it can't get any better than that except to say, I hear your voice in my nightmares. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> I woke up and I was scared and it was your voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but that, it sounded great. It definitely sounds great. Um, I, I, when, where else can people buy it if they're not internet savvy? Um, well, actually, there's a fancy link. If you just go to books and two as the number numeral two, read.com, tooth and nail. And that will take you to a nice little landing page and you can choose your vendor. If you buy your books on Kobo or Amazon or Barnes and Noble, there will be all these little things that pop up and you can just pick which one you want and it will take you right to it. Excellent. So the link is there uh, un underneath the video if you're watching this on YouTube or something or on the website. Um, otherwise, you can just type that into your browser and get it. So that's pretty cool. We just did actually a, uh, I just did an audible book and it was a cop murder type thing and it sounded um your voice would have sounded perfect for what we were doing that's why i suggested you should maybe do something like that because it was really a really fun experience and um i don't know how that would be though as an author to be to be reciting somebody else's book would that be weird or is that i don't i don't think so because i'm a reader before anything right. so i think that would be amazing hmm. i've considered doing my own um for my memoir just because it's me and who better to tell my story than me right. and I have the audible rights to those um, to that work so right. hmm. I don't know <laughs> yeah I um, I think that's a great idea I think it's a great idea um, so how did you come to well first of all I wanted to say shout out to th this whoever this person is that's from Detroit in in your book you don't really hear too much about Detroit in books these days, unless it's uh, something uh, about you know the automotive industry or Motown. Um, tell tell me about that character because obviously I'm from Michigan, so that that character interests me. She was going to school at KU, and she met her husband there. He pulled her over, <laughs> and. <laughs> She used her wiles to get out of a ticket, and from there they started dating, and it never it never occurred to her, like it never occurs to most of us, how terrifying someone like that can be, the way that they put on a mask, and how things, if they're not reciprocated, you know, he just found out where she lived. He used her address from pulling up her driver's license to to find where she lived and showed up there to take her out on a date. If you weren't interested in the person who did that, I mean, what would that be like to see this cop show up where you, where you live and to be like, Hey, you're going to go out to dinner with me. And you're like, what? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, as young women, we're taught that that is flattering for someone to go to that sort of trouble to find you. We're taught that, um, oh, he must be really interested in me. I must have more value because he's interested in me that way. Hmm. And so this is really a growth book for her, like a growth book. That was the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> her art. There is growth in her art, as there should be, you know, in any for any character in a hmm. book. Um, but it's really about how she comes to know herself and who she really is. And she does that through... Um, you know, becoming a police officer, working in the same industry as her husband and realizing 
the signs that she'd seen before are really something different. Um, she is good at hunting these men. She's good at seeing who they are. And that comes into play a little bit later. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, hold up. But, uh, yep. They end up leaving Detroit because, of, you know, like I said in the blurb, she can't catch this, this last one. She mm. just can't. And she starts to doubt herself completely. Like, maybe I don't want to catch him. What does that say about me? All of this blood is on my hands, so it's better to just walk away and let it go. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it sounds brilliant. I'm going to have to read that one. Do you, Is it available on um, Audible yet? Is there... Um, I don't know how that... No, not that. yet. I haven't found anyone um, to... That, that I really think fits the book yet. Yeah. I haven't found a voice actor yet, so. Yeah, that's what no, I was No, not yet, but wondering. I will send it to you. I will send you an ARC if you'd like. Yeah, because I'm, I'm literally surrounded by voiceover people all day, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, that's brilliant, definitely. I was one, always wondered how that process worked from getting it from author, uh, you know, from writing it to uh, getting it to uh, become a, a voice book or a, an audible book or... Um, book on tape or whatever whatever else the other options are these days. I don't even know if people still have tape. I was at someone's house and they started playing uh, uh, CDs yesterday. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I haven't seen CDs. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I still have a big folder of CDs somewhere up in the loft, but I definitely, you know, don't, don't crack them out now. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see. So, um, yeah, so this is like right in, on time, you know. Is it how violent is this book? Before I get into it, like on a level of of uh, one to five, five being absolute slaughterhouse. Oh, that's a hard question. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a slaughterhouse. I mean, it's not like you know Camp Crystal Lake or anything. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about a cop who hunts serial killers, and you know the the tribute that she finds in the cold storage are these various body parts. Mm. So I guess what, um, what I, what I, I, I wouldn't say that it's gory just to be gory. I mean, there's a purpose to everything that happens. Well, but I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking, is it like, cause you know, the TV show Dexter, yeah, he hunted people too, but he, he got at him, you know? So it's, it was a little bit more, uh, violent. It might be a little dexterous, yeah, maybe a little okay. bit. So that's what I was that's what I was really hoping to see. So cool. I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, just in time for Halloween too. This is uh the most wonderful time of the year. I don't care what they say about Christmas, but it's uh the creepy. Yeah, fun it is time. my favorite time of the year. Yeah. Uh, this is when I buy decorating things for my home, like not just for October, but all year round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the all the good stuff is out and available now and you don't have to wait. So that's hilarious. Yeah, it's like, oh poison bottles. This is perfect for my living room. <laughs> <laughs> what um what are your plans for the Halloween holiday? Do you got any um parties lined up or you know what? I do. I'm actually going to be um, in Captiva on a writing retreat with some friends, and um, the resort where we stay usually has a Halloween party, so I have a cute little costume, and I'll be partying up. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I saw this um, article that you posted, actually, on social media about someone being poisoned, an author being poisoned at, was it like a book signing or something like that, I think? During, yeah, during, yeah. What what is going on with that? Is that um, is this something that you encounter on a like, is, or is this just like a one off? 
I mean, are people really this nuts out in the world? I mean, I don't ever leave the studio. I'm at home all the time. I don't go unless I have <laughs> you to. You know they are. Unless I have to get groceries, and but, I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm one of those people who I want to see good in the world. Like, you know, this trip that I took, and I met all these new people, and it was great. And I was able to believe the best about them. But mm. that's not my normal mode. And that's just because, you know, having worked in a prison, I'm like, no. No, I know what you're capable of. You stay over there. Right. So, you know, this this author being poisoned. I mean, poison sounds so dramatic. And I mean, it is, but it was a couple drops of Visine <laughs> in this person's coffee. <laughs> Trying to get them to shit their pants or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically. And But, I mean, this impacted her sales because the author spent so much time in the bathroom. She wasn't able to interact with readers or tend her, um, her stall space where right. she's selling her books. Right. So that was a pretty crappy thing to do. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, I amuse myself. But <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? I didn't I didn't I don't understand why people feel the need to go to such extremes for anything. I don't know. I guess because this person supposedly felt like this author had been two faced. She didn't get to sit at the cool girl table, right, I guess. Right. So felt that she had to punish this author for that. And you know what? I mean I can't imagine. Well, me anyway. I don't drink anything or eat anything. I've left unattended. I don't accept food gifts unless I know someone very well. Mm. Um, I've had people give me things, and I'm like, here, you take one first. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you take the one that I pick out. You don't pick it. I'll pick it. Right. <laughs> and it seems like I'm, you know, very suspicious, but because of things like this that mm. happen to people. And, you know, somebody thinks they're crazy, but there will always be someone to out crazy you. I mean, what if this author finds out who that person is? Because I know if someone did that to me, I would not let that go. I'd be like, oh, okay. You wait, motherfucker, I'll get you. I mean, you know, <laughs> mostly I can let things go. I'm not that petty. I mean, well, no, no, I'm not that petty. But I mean, to try to poison me and to impact my sales. I like how you I stopped and thought life. about it. And she's like, I'm not that petty. I did. Well, I well maybe so. I kind of am. No, I'm not. <laughs> Well, you know, you can tell me I'm a bitch or you hate me or whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, I don't care. Whatever. Right. You're entitled to that opinion. Move along. Or you could be like, your buck sucks, a big fat asshole. Like, okay, maybe you thought I did. <laughs> whatever. Let me go on about my business. But if you mess with my money, I will end you. You know? I know, right? <laughs> like, don't, don't play with my income. <laughs> I've got a kid in college that I need to pay for. I've got more trips I need to take. I've yeah. got to live my life. Yeah. No, don't play with my money. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, it's, it, it seems that um, society is a lot more vocal and feel they can get away with a lot more shit now than they did, you know, even just probably just 10, 15 years ago. And everyone has an opinion on everything. And, you can't upset people like at all now without risk of repercussions, no matter how large or right. small. Right, incite the harpies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it's crazy. I can't imagine someone putting, you know, Visine in someone's drink, at an author at a book signing. It's just crazy. So, I don't know. I guess I just kind of see it, uh, book signings is all like uh, relaxed and smiles and people having having a chance to meet somebody they follow and admire and um, 
not creepy shit like that. I guess so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you read too much misery, girl? Yeah. I mean, you need yeah. to put that book down and back away. That's the first thing that pops into my head when I hear something like that. So, um, yeah, that's not. Well, I mean, I've seen some horrible things happen. Like a friend of mine, I won't name her because I don't want to incite the harpies again, but mm. she got really sick. I mean, really like life-threatening illness. And so she didn't put out a couple of her titles on time. And it started with a couple people posting on her Facebook page saying, I'm never going to read you again because you let me down. Mm. I understand that you're irritated when a book doesn't come out on time. Right. But this was crazy. They were like, I hope you die after they found out that she was sick because they, because she didn't finish a book that they what? were waiting for. Wow. Who says that? I'm like, ooh, what? Wow. That, those, you guys need to back up. Those <laughs> books that she's writing must be fire. If she's inciting good. this kind of response from people, wow, that's insane. Those people need to. Uh, and it's like, how dare you say this to her? Like on her page where she's going to see it and you yeah. know that she's sick and you're like, I hope you die because she didn't finish a book. What? Bitch, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. It, just, it really makes me angry and, you know, more so than if it had been me. You know, it's like. I don't know. I like to. I'm I'm the big sister. I'm the universal big big sister. And when people mess with people I care about, I get really angry. <laughs> well, the world appreciates people like yourself. It, that's you know, that's a bit over the top to even say that you know to anybody you know, and, and in any circumstances. But that's just the that's the culture that we live in right now. It's like uh, I see it every day on TV, and it's so different being over here in, in you know this part of the world and seeing home and how it's, you know, seen by the external eyeball and not being inside. And um, it's wild, wild west back there, man. <laughs> it's it's freaking crazy back there. It's I'm, I'm seeing this Judge Kavanaugh thing right now, and I haven't really been following it because, you know, obviously it's just not something that's in the news. Um, but... I'm I'm confused as to why this guy hasn't been called out on what he did before. They tried to put him into the Supreme Court. I don't even know if you're familiar with this with this situation at all. I know it's completely off topic to your book. It has absolutely nothing to do with literature. And um but I do like to hear the opinion of uh just about everybody. So did you have have you Oh well have, I have plenty to say on this. I mean Yeah, you know. lay it on me, lay it on me. Because I'm like uh, before we before we go in on it, I like I said, I'm not well versed on the story. Um so like outside of the sexual assault accusations, um has he done something else or is he just not like basically because of his politics? And obviously the sexual assault well, thing is, is, is enormous. But, yeah, I was like, wow. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, but he, but this is, okay. but this is, but the reason why I say that is because he was already in office, wasn't he? Like on, on a, on a local level before this. So I didn't know if there was something right. else. He so. was already, I believe he was already on a local level, hmm. but I mean, you're talking about the, the Supreme court, which is the highest court in the land. Of course. And I accept that we were going to get, a conservative judge in that position that's not that's not contested i mean at least among the people that i speak to um more often than not about these sorts of things hmm. but i mean <laughs> oh as 
I know that she tried to reach out privately mm-hmm. and anonymously first. This is not intended to damage him. It's when she spoke out, I believe that her intent was to protect other people. I mean, this woman, who, who in their right mind would stand up and reveal all that about themselves? Who would open themselves up to that kind of ridicule? She's received death threats and so much victim shaming, victim blaming. And a, a lot of the questions are, well, why didn't she report sooner? And you know what? I can tell you why she didn't report sooner because of this exact thing. I am a survivor myself. And when I reported, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And while I was getting stitches in my vagina, I, they were selling me at the time I was talking to the officer. And this man asked me to my face why, that if I was sure that this was assault and it wasn't just buyer's remorse, that I hadn't invited this man over for sex and then changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why women don't report. This is why they, I mean, so many rapes go unreported. It, it isn't just about him. It's about rape culture mm. it, as a whole. And that's why everyone is so fired up. Mm. It's it's really uh, unbelievable. Well, it's it's not unbelievable actually, and we see what's happening with all of the the Hollywood um, big shots and and so on. But um, I was talking to someone that I know from you know on the internet or maybe through the show, and um, I actually was talking to them about a, a similar situation that they had gone through in their life, and I didn't understand how or why she wasn't saying something and they know like her family knows what happened but the guy that uh did this is like a been a friend of the family since they were like five years old or something so the families know one another and it's just you know it's complex so i get it now but i don't i don't understand how this guy kavanaugh is even still being considered. I don't even understand how the culture has molded into something so extreme where they can't just get this guy out of there. At, at, at this point, you know, we're removing people from, you know, positions of power, media, whatever, for the same thing. How are they even continuing moving forward with this? How are they justifying this? Well, <laughs> there's nothing that I have to say about that that is that is going to appeal to the listeners, I think. <laughs> um, everything I have to say about that is really angry, burn down the goddamn pa- patriarchy right now. Like, I can't even... I can't even get it out of my mouth. It makes me so angry. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so, understand. I don't understand. You know, because, I mean, I maybe... I don't... That's why I'm thinking maybe because I'm so far removed from it. And I don't... I try to not watch news because it's, you know, it's it's a bit much for me right now. It's just too much going on because of things like this. Yeah, it's really hard to balance, like, self-care with being informed. It's like, you know, I, I have to take care of myself, but I also need to be informed because, right. you know... I have a vote and it counts and I'm going to use it. Hmm. Um, Everything has just, 
I don't think things are worse now than they were. I think that they're just being revealed and they're being brought to the forefront. Right. But don't um, you don't don't some people think that that will make it worse? And that's how I actually how I see it because now that you're comfortable with it being in your face, now it gets turned up a notch because oh well you know it's it's okay for me to say this or it's okay for me to do that because we've we brought it out that we were, we were doing it before and now we're going to, you know, do it more now because, because there, there's a lot of behavior that's changed since, uh, the president, uh, Trump has been put in the office. So. Well, I think that there's, that that's a step in the process. I mean, these people have been emboldened to behave this way in public and to say these things. But now is the time for everyone who disagrees with this sort of behavior to step up and say, no, that's not okay. And we're going to change that by voting these people out of office. We're going to correct our peers. We're going to talk to them. You know, um, you as a man, if you see other men behaving that way or saying those sorts of things, you can speak out and say, no, that's not okay. And they're more likely to listen to you than they will to us because, you know, we're just angry man-hating feminists. Which we're not, you know, I mean, feminist doesn't mean man-hater. It means, you know, that we think that humans should be treated the same. Men are allowed to have feelings. Men do have feelings because they're human beings. And they should be allowed to express those feelings the same way that women are. And women should be safe to walk down the street by themselves at night without (laughs) fear of being touched or catcalled or hurt or any sort of thing that we don't consent to. And the same for men. I mean, you know, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's too bad that women aren't as equally strong as men are because I bet you a lot of that shit wouldn't happen anymore. If the man's going to get body slammed on the sidewalk, you probably wouldn't touch her. But I think uh, you guys um, need to... I think you need to really just be more... uh, I don't want to say cohesive. I just feel like there's just there's so many different things going on in society that it's it's hard for everybody to stay united with with so many different things going on, I guess. Um it seems like there's always something that's going to divide your group. And um I saw that when Hillary ran and I just couldn't believe that so many women voted or didn't vote for her. I don't know if they did vote for Trump, but I know that a lot of them, so many didn't vote. And I'm like, how could you vote for him of all people based off of what we, you know, what we knew or what we were told. So, and it's the same thing in like the black community. We're the worst, we're the worst at that. We don't, we aren't united. (laughs) We can't stand each other when we don't do something the other person doesn't like or whatever. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, so I hope that this guy doesn't get uh, put into your Supreme Court. I don't understand how um, how he's even still there. When is is when is the final vote? Or I heard the FBI is going to be investigating him now. Um, hopefully, I've heard so many different things. Like the FBI will investigate, but the scope of the investigation will be limited. Hmm. Um. And, and all of this is so wild because it's not even he's not on trial. This is just a job interview. I know. <laughs> and from the way he behaved at being questioned, he's not fit to sit on the bench. 
Yeah. But I mean, he, can you imagine if a woman behaved that way when she was questioned? If she cried, if she got belligerent, if she, I mean, if she behaved in any way like him at all, it'd be like, she's not fit for the job because she's too emotional. He acts like the president though. That's why they, that's why they like that though. Ugh. President acts like that, doesn't he? Like an absolute, like a, yeah, he does. Like have a baby having a tantrum. <laughs> That's how he acts. So, of course, that you know, they're going to have to support him anyway because it's their side of the, the, the political coin, I guess. But um, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So, use your vote, people. Get them out of there because um, you know they they finally got Bill Cosby. <laughs> He's in. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's in prison, but I know that they said he's he's getting prison time. So you know you, you're you're never too old to get caught. And I was wondering this uh, a couple a couple days ago. We were sitting around talking. I wonder what it's gonna be like in thirty years from now when the things that I've said on the podcast and things that people have posted on their social media is no longer socially acceptable. And then it might not even be 30 years from now. It could be something like 15 years from now because people that are watching friends from 20 years ago are offended by it now. So do you think that maybe we might be getting ourselves in trouble as we, uh, post all this stuff online, the sentiment about, uh, how we should behave changes, and now certain things we're saying and doing is no longer appropriate. We're going to be come back to haunt well, us on this Facebook. <laughs> maybe, but I don't think, I mean, everyone thinks that they're on the right side of history right now. Um, and for me, for myself, I mean, I know that I've said things in the past that were wrong and my thinking was wrong. And some of them were racial microaggressions that I didn't even know that I had until someone took the time to say, Hey, this is, this is a thing. And this is what, this is what you're saying to me. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh no, but that's not what I meant. And right on from that is I am sorry. I am sorry that I thought that thing. I'm sorry that I expressed that thing. You know, let me fix my, let me work on myself here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. instead of getting all angry and defensive, well, well, this is just how it was. This is what I was taught. Like, especially in my memoir, I'm not trying to bring it back to like my writing or anything. Even though you like, are, oh, okay, even, even though you are an author and you're a guest on the show. <laughs> no, we're well, absolutely. I mean, please. As working, working in law enforcement, working in a system that is that is designed for oppression, it really is. And I didn't know that when I was in it. I was like, man, fuck you all. Like, really? Like, well, prison's racist. It is. And I didn't see that or the things that I was taught while being, you know, right in the middle of all of this stuff. And I was like, no, you know, like, come on, stop with all this nonsense. And, you know, you're, you're all in your feelings, whatever. Shut up. Get out of my face. But mm. and then I wrote the memoir. I talked about these things. And then I learned <laughs> someone took the time to say to me, like, hey, this, do you not see this? Here's why. And I'm like, oh. Hmm. Oh, and then I go back and I look at these things and I'm like, this is what I was taught and it's wrong. Give us an oh, example. Um, well, just the, the like, uh, God, this is so much white privilege right here. It's disgusting. But like <laughs> the, the white privilege itself, alert, white privilege alert, ladies and gentlemen, 
Yeah. Fire away. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the alarm's going off. And I'm sorry. I'm aware that's what it was now. So, you know, <laughs> sorry. But <laughs> and, and that's important, too, to be able to look at it and go back and go, oh, that is wrong. That right. was privileged. Let me fix this. Right. But anyway, like like I said about, like, um, you know, half the guys who are in prison talking about how it was unfair, their sentence was this or that. And they were like, yeah, I just got sent to jail because I'm black. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, you were dealing drugs, fuck off, whatever, shut up. Hmm. And then I, you know, you go back and you look at the, what is it I want to say here? The overarching system of oppression that puts people in these situations. And then you go back and you look at the facts, like some white bread motherfucker from, you know, upper class USA and white upper class, let me correct that, um, he doesn't do any time at all. And then you get some kid from the inner city who does the same thing and he gets 10 years. How is that fair? Hmm. That's not fair. That's not justice. Yeah, no, it's definitely not balanced at all. Uh, That's yeah. And you know, and I didn't see that, you know, I grew up in this system. My father worked in law enforcement for 20 some years Hmm. and you know, we were taught like you, you do good, you do bad, you do bad, you go to prison. You make your own choices. Mm. But when your choice is to, you know, be hungry or in this massive system of oppression or to try to get yours, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, you got to hustle and, so that you Okay, eat. you get caught, you get punished, but you don't get punished the same way as, you know, as a white person would. How is mm. that fair? How is that okay? It's mm. not. And, you know, we're taught that the system is supposed to be fair. That's what's crammed in our faces. Yeah. And you have to look outside what you're taught to, you know, get everyone's side of the story. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely. I get really wound up about these things and I'm not always articulate. <laughs> I feel like I should be more articulate, but I'm like, but, but damn it, you know? <laughs> you know, when you have time to collect your thoughts and write them down, sometimes it's probably a little different. I, I write far, far better than I speak off the, uh, off the cuff. So, um, it's all right for you to, uh, you know, you've recognized your your um, your issues, like you said in your memoirs from the past, and uh, you change them. But we've all done done stuff back in the day, you know, that we probably shouldn't have said or done. And presidents have admitted to doing drugs, and you know, but as we age, our our views uh, they mature, you know, on some things, but. Um, you know, it's at least for us, it wasn't all on. It's not all on social media. You know, it's it wasn't documented back in the eighties. All the crazy crap that I said and did. So, for, <laughs> fortunately for me, <laughs> yeah, the dumbest things that I've done and said way before social media. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, anyone can say something. You know, uneducated and think it's profound, and then look back. You know, thirty years later and it's just like wow i'd probably be getting killed on social media for this i invite anyone to come speak to me in 10 years and if i said something stupid and it bothered them or hurt them i will apologize i will say (laughs) i'm sorry for being a first class fucko i didn't know but now i do so yeah right have a hug if that helps i hope Sorry. <laughs> and I'll mean it. I mean, it'll be a sincere apology. It's not like, I'm sorry, fuck off. It's, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. 
That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Sarah Lunsford giving away hugs. Bring your book. She'll sign your book. <laughs> Tooth and Nail out now. Hit that up on. It's everywhere, basically. Uh, we've got the link below. And tell us the website again, just because I forgot. That is books two and the numeral two read.com slash tooth and nail. Perfect. Check it out, you guys. That's what's up. And uh, we're out of here, and we'll see you guys next week, or you'll hear us next week. And um, oh, I had I had another question. Somebody sent me a question <laughs> uh, that they wanted wanted me to ask the next author that I talked to on the show. So, and this one is actually right up your alley, and I put it on my notes here, and I didn't ask you. So, before we let you go, do you have time to answer this for me? Sure. Okay. Perfect. What kind? <laughs> this is the weirdest question. What kind of a cult would you st like to start? Well, one where they worship me, obviously. <laughs> Bring me coffee, <laughs> chocolate, and rub my feet, and I will write you all the books that you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not very creative, and it's pretty selfish, but, you know. Sometimes you just um, have to be selfish so it works. So the foot rubbing You know, those chocolate. are my immediate needs. Yeah. So. <laughs> Foot rubs and chocolate, you guys. So the Sarah Lunsford uh, cult, uh, you know where to find her. You know where to sign up. Thanks for taking uh, time out of your day. Uh, listeners at home, thanks for taking time out of your day as well. And we will catch you next time. Von Joseph Show, thanks for tuning in. Peace.